It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 85, Intersections in Real Time and Between the Darkness and the Light, in which Sheridan is in the hands of Earth Dome interrogators, a rescue is effected, and Ivanova takes command of the White Star Fleet. From the Ministry of Love, deep within the Welsh village of Port Maron, this is The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast in which we continually reference other programs that we're sure have been influencing John Michael uh, JMS, uh, despite what he uh, despite what he asserts, mm, yes. and continue to uh, uh, discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program, Babylon 5. I am John Cassie, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, my dear friend and fellow interrogator. Christopher Tatro. Christopher Tatro, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well tonight. For purposes of yeah. determining... How are we? How are we? We yes. are well. Yeah. We are well. For purposes of determining uh, our roles in this uh, Grand Guignol tonight, uh, mm. am I Interrogator 1, who has the sandwich, or <laughs> am I Interrogator 2, who has the sweet, sweet drugs? Oh, I definitely I, I, I definitely think you're Interrogator 1. You're, you're going to use... You're going to use the force of your of your personality. I see. The, you're going to to use your wits and your wiles um, to to break down uh, your victims' defenses. Uh, you wouldn't re- think of resorting to anything as crude as simply pumping Sheridan full of brain drugs, right? Uh, and and trying to extract uh, extract the information that we know. You are, you are definitely the the, the Leo McKern type. Um, <laughs> You are not, right. uh, uh, you know, whatever one of the the lesser number twos that we don't even remember the name of, right? Uh, who who who, you know, makes number six think that he's in a wild west village or something like right. that. Number two, number schmoo is what I say, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, l- listeners, as we uh, said in last week's episode, just as we did with the Mimbari Civil War, Chris and I are combining. Uh, the two episodes, Intersections in Real Time and Between the Darkness and the Light, because, uh, frankly, in our judgment, they work uh, as a television movie. They work as a as a joined narrative. I mean, the uh, you know, Between the Darkness and the Light begins more or less the moment Intersections ends. So it felt to us like these two really belong together in our own conversational narrative so that it isn't, uh, it doesn't feel... Uh, sort of awkwardly ended, right? right? Yeah. Right. So, so, so that's the agenda. Yeah, and we don't waste precious time with oh, how is how is Sheridan going to get out of this one? You know, what's going on? Yeah, you right. Know, okay, we, we're going to resolve that, and we're going to move, you know, sort of move through, yeah, uh, through these two episodes uh, as as one as one solid package here. Yeah, yeah, and and so we start with an interrogation. Mm-hmm beginning mm-hmm. a kind of forlorn beaten down John Sheridan uh, but point of information point of personal per, point of personal point information of personal privilege for what purpose yes. does a gentleman rise <laughs> uh, uh, I, 
is it just me or was scuffed up Sheridan kind of hot? Scuffed up Sheridan, kind of hot. Yeah, I yeah. mean, hmm. yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Good. Glad it wasn't on, just on me. that note. Yeah, Bruce Boxleitner. You know, he's he's a who knew? He's a handsome man. Yeah, no question. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of kind of beaten up. You know, yep. clearly he's been roughed up a little bit by security forces or, uh, you know, by uh, by all that slow motion lighting in in, in, <laughs> yes. in last week's episode. Yeah. And now he's being he's being subjected to what I might call your standard television interrogation procedure. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, we see these all over TV. What's interesting about Babylon 5 is that this now makes the second time (laughs) we've had an episode of this program that is essentially the whole program is about an interrogation. You'll recall Uh, back in season one and the sky full of stars. I, I, I would submit that it's possibly the third time we've seen this. Oh, good grief. What have I missed? Because what am I leaving out? Had your friend Jack the Ripper. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You tried to put that out of your mind. Yeah, you're right. This would make the third, yeah, episode uh, that is essentially wonder, about that. Yeah. What what kind of unresolved issues does, does JMS have floating around here? Um, where right. Particularly to, given uh, some of the things that happened in Sense Eight. Yeah. 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 I'm mm. sense motive. <laughs> so so we've got that. Hmm. And honestly, I believe this is the best of the three. No question. But, you know, far and away. No question. Yeah. And and it it speaks to both Bruce Boxleitner's uh, broader range as an actor, mm-hmm. right? Than uh, than we get with Michael O'Hare. And yeah. thank the living daylights that Bruce Gray as the interrogator. You know, Bruce Gray's performance is uh, what I might call normal. Mm. Um, Do I have yes, that wrong? I, well, I think you have it wrong. I think I think Bruce Gray is, is the second interrogator. Oh, good grief. I believe the first one is is Ray Burke, who's who's credited as William, but I don't recall oh, ever I'm getting sorry. his name. I'm looking at the picture of Ray Burke, and uh, it, it definitely looks more like him to me. For sure. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Yeah, okay. I, I totally have that wrong. Um, uh, listeners, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, my apologies for getting a factual thing, uh, incorrect, you know, the magic I, of I, editing, they'll never hear it. Right. I made my notes and they were wrong. Um, so, um, so our first interrogator, um, smooth has the savoir faire mm-hmm. and it's sort of the classic interrogation narrative, right? Uh, we, you know, we can do this one of two ways. We, I can make this really hard on you. I can make this really easy on you. I'm going to tell you little stories about the sandwich. I don't really prefer this kind of mustard. What do you think? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you always veil the threat of violence and you don't bring it forward, that increases the tension of watching the episode because you don't know when or if that's coming. Mm-hmm. 
that makes it far more intriguing to me as a viewer than yeah. uh, than in the past cases where the actors charged with doing this work, with being the antagonist, are um, sort of problematic on their face, Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. or have decided to act um, from a position of yeah. of borderline, uh, you know, hysteria. Ham, hands made of ham. Hands yeah. made of ham, precisely. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you yeah. think of this this uh, this first interrogator, Chris? You know, I liked him um, in terms of the archetypal uh, um, trying to win over the trust, trying to to break through the trust of the of the of the victim of the prisoner. Uh, that uh, you know he he keeps emphasizing, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. It's my superiors. He's trying to build that bond with right. Sheridan, and and almost make it that oh, it's you and me. And we're here, and and all you need to do is is to give on this one little thing, and and then the you know the then you're free, then you get to to go, and everything is fine. And uh, um, you know, I, I I almost wish I wish that Sheridan hadn't eaten the sandwich. Why? Um. Well, because it felt like he was. It felt like that was that was a crack, that was a break. Uh-huh. Um, okay. To me, to me, to me. If they're trying to, if they're trying to, to to put him in the position of, you just say no, you know, more off one more time than they say you will. Yes. Uh, then, then even taking the sandwich, was you know seems to be a capitulation of sorts. Uh, I guess I'm thinking. Hmm. I, you know, I I, I think of. For me, one of the best interrogations in media is in V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. I would say both the comic and 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 the film, despite Natalie Portman. Um, sorry, you know, gonna let that go. A, yeah, I thought she was all right. Things. Yeah, she was fine. She was absolutely fine in that. Um, but the 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 bit where she's taken and put in the cell and interrogated and and. You know, we get the 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 emphasis that it's the same sort of thing here. You know, that you have that that's that one inch within you uh, that refuses to give in, um, and yeah. So so that's the you know the sandwich bothered me, but it but it was also it was useful in you know because of course you know it was drugged, seeing that they're going to they're going to just keep messing with him, they're right? Going to keep, like kind of. Uh, you know, playing with his expectations in some way, the the Drazi thing as well. Um, you know, right, that, right. That they're gonna they're gonna keep playing games in some way, and like you say, the violence is 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 not immediate. You know, other than the, the the sandwich, I guess, is a form of violence. The poison. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what they do with the Drazi is not violence to Sheridan. Right. Uh, but it's it's a you know a staged violence, a, a threat. Yeah, um, that that certainly shakes him. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I I, I liked him uh, the, the the first interrogator. Um, you know, I, I I've got a number of, of notes jotted down of, of lines and things that he said. I liked the back and forth about about the subjectiveness of truth. Yeah, and you know, is it lunchtime? Well, you know, if you if you are eating a sandwich, and clearly you can't eat a sandwich in the, you know. 
really kind of pulling the rug out from under Sheridan as far as anything that he can that he can definitely rely on mm-hmm. as as being a foundation as being concrete. Right. I thought it was I thought it was and 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 as you said, I thought that uh, I thought that looking the name make sure I don't say the wrong one myself uh, that Ray Burke did just I thought he was just fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh and ag- again because he's written to be a kind of philosophical interrogator mm-hmm. an interlocutor yeah we're going to have a discussion and no matter what argument you attempt to advance i've got the better answer and because i have you at the advantage and i can deprive you of you know, sleep and food and all of that kind of stuff. I can poison you at will. I can, I, I set mm-hmm. the terms of the engagement. Mm-hmm. I can, I can break down whatever resistance that you have. Right. Right. You know, to to your point about interrogating, I can remember mm-hmm. back in the in the day when I was a, when I was a dean. Right. I would never interview students until I had a pretty clear sense of what I thought had happened, mm-hmm. or indeed I knew what happened. Right. And simply saying, uh, thanks for coming. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about this event. I just want to let you know that I already know the following things are true. Now, what I want to ask you about is nothing related to the substance of those things that are true, mm-hmm. but this other, this other thing, right? Right. Yeah. These the, things are not on the table for discussion. Right. You know, yeah, you're going I'm to not, try to refute any of these, and I'm, I'm not interested in that. That's not yeah, why we're here. Right. That's not why we're here. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm here to get you to do what you know in your heart is the right thing to do. If you'd like to save your father and save human civilization, which is simply to sort of sign this paper and then to make a public mm-hmm. declaration. Super yeah. easy, John. Super easy, yeah. Super and, easy. And as the fellow says, you know, oh, we just need you to do this. There's no harm in it. You know, we just need you to confirm Ivanova's name. Right. And her rank. Right. No harm. Give me, give me the little thing. You know, get the, what is the, what's the expression? The, the camel's nose under the tent. That's right. You know, that's you right. get the, you get the smallest of cracks in there. And that's, that's, again, that's why I, I thought, mm, I wish she hadn't gone for the sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to establish Sheridan as just... No, I'm not gonna. I'm oh, maybe the sandwich is what turn is what shuts him down and turns him. Mm-hmm. You know, gives and strengthens his resolve. But uh, right, or maybe yeah. the sandwich's purpose is there to let us know as the audience that no, in fact, there is a time urgency to what his friends and colleagues are trying to do, mm-hmm. because he will not endure forever. That true, right. In some ways, that's good. I guess you know I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself. Why stop now? Uh, yeah. and, and, and maybe it, maybe it humanizes Sheridan more. Yeah, that he's not this sort of this this. He's not made of of steel. He's not uh, superhuman. Right. Yeah. There's no messiah complex there. Well. Well. It to the degree that there is, it's not based yeah. on him being a messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a uh, uh, there's a little bit of of, uh, of an illusion in my mind to the uh, to the 
Last Temptation of Christ film, mm-hmm. right, in which, uh, you know, at, at, at the end, you know, uh, Jesus has these visions of a, of a, of a different kind of life, mm. right, um, that would require him to do, you know, essentially the same kind of thing that John Sheridan is asked to do. And, you know, they both reject it mm-hmm. to to the to the the credit of the story they're supposed to play, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that happens to be. Um, yeah, I, f- I found this I found this quite effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised I when the episode ended. Yeah, same. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of parlor game kinds of kinds of uh, um, you know media can can be either you know sort of dull or they can be quite interesting or they can be excruciating mm-hmm. in how uh, uh, in how traumatic you feel as the viewer because you're identifying with the with the the person being interrogated with the subject right right you know you you, you could feel completely wrung out after watching 42 minutes of of this kind of thing yes you know, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of of after watching uh, David Mamet's film Oleana. Oh my God! Which you know, similarly, a dark room, two characters, well, and a telephone, and a telephone, right? But uh, but uh, a kind of interrogation, you know. Although the the roles switch around in that yeah. much more than they did in here. Yeah. But absolutely, absolutely draining after uh, after watching that. Yeah, yeah. That movie was harrowing. Yeah. And virtually nothing happened. Except a long conversation, and the phone, and the phone ringing. I mean, audience. Yeah. You know, n- name of the pod listeners, run, don't walk, mm-hmm. to watch this. I mean, if you can find it, I don't know if it's streaming or if you're going to have to find it at an at an art I'll, house. I'll throw some links into the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other Didn't film. Your phone actually ring in the middle of us watching that. I don't recall. I I I, I thought that it did, and it, and that we we both like jumped out of our skin. Yeah. Yeah, the only the uh, the only uh, the only time I can remember, and it might it was so traumatizing that it might have eliminated all previous inappropriate <laughs> phone uh, phone uh, uh, experiences, was uh, when I was in minute eighty seven. Seven days. Exactly. <laughs> I was in minute eighty seven of the Japanese version of Ring Ringu, right, and I was paralyzed with fear because that movie is so i think it's the scariest movie ever made uh the japanese version right mm-hmm. and it's eleven thirty at night and i'm watching it alone of course my partner is far far from me as i can possibly be because mm. he wants no part of this movie he doesn't want to even <laughs> hear it right uh eleven thirty at night phone rings mm. you know a friend of mine calling who would never call that late but we had we had to coordinate something and he needed to call when yeah. i when i said to john I'm not answering that phone. <laughs> he picked it up. It's Rob. When I took it, I was like, do you have any idea how unwelcome this phone call is right now? You know, oh my word. So no, no, no. I was thinking of the, the, another film that we watched at the same time that we watched Oleana, which is a film called Closetland. Mm-hmm. Right. Alan Rickman and oh. Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe yeah. is accused by yeah, a totalitarian yeah. government of writing subversive children's literature. He is an interrogator mm. bo- from this government. Go. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Alan Rickman is is an actor of extraordinary skill and menace, right? I mean, he. Yes. Oh my word, he was. It was hard. That was rough. That was a rough movie too. Um, yeah. And again, it's just you know eighty five minutes of talking, right? Just like this. Mm-hmm. Just like the uh, uh, you know the last episode of. Uh, of the prisoner, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's just talking. We're gonna we're gonna make philosophical claims and we're gonna defend yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. All of that being said, the 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 way that it ended, where they they yeah, I wish I I, I truly wish that you hadn't said that, and they strap him to the gurney and roll right. him down to room seventeen, and and. You know, we get the, we pull off the monkey mask, and it's it's right. you know, the Drazi or whatever, and uh, and and it starts back over again with the you know, do you have any medical right. conditions I should be aware of? Blah, blah, blah. It, I I I get the I get the narrative kind of Twilight Zoney, yep. very much the prisoner kind of yep. Yep. wink there, but but I felt like it undermined a lot of the work of breaking down Sheridan because right. They scared him. They, they, you know, he thinks he's mm-hmm. going to be killed and then, Oh, we're just mm. going to do this all over again. Oh, okay. Well, mm. you know, I made it through that. I can make it through that. I can mm. make it through this again. Sure. You know, what's the wor- What you're not going to do anything worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a problematic decision, isn't it? Narratively. Right. Because he isn't broken. Yeah. Yeah. And no. so, and so why do you think another go is going to break him now? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, this, this new interrogator is going to use different techniques. Right. But it would have been, I would have, I would have preferred to see the, that, that threat of violence kind of present itself much more directly. Right, right. As, as, he, as, as, things, as the lights right. come up in room 17. And and we see you know the battery and the and the jumper cables or you know these these strangely bladed kind of like an, an egg beater with all sorts of like terrifying protrusions on it and right. you know, those kinds right. of things laid out on a table. Did did you uh, did you ever see the the film version from 1984 of 1984? John Hurt. Oh yes. Uh, um. Richard Burton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have, I mean, if it's me, right, I mean, J, JMS, you know, no, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I would have put the mask that they put on Winston Over, Smith. Yeah. On a the, table. Yeah, the rat cage. Right? The rat cage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't, you really don't need any overblown, overdone stuff when you're doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. If you get two people who can talk to each other, a script that's decent and a proper two, you're in. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you could have put a rack in the back or you could have, I mean, you could have done anything. Yeah. Right? But, I, I mean, I appreciate your point that it felt like, okay, we've reset to the start here. You know, uh, you know, go to, you know. Go to go, go directly to go, do not pay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. right. Um, and yet, to me, 
it felt like a kind of spiral or vortex, mm-hmm. like those people who were, uh, you know, sort of imprisoned by the North Vietnamese or who, you know, Solzhenitsyn, you know, the, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the gulag, mm-hmm. right? It's it had that kind of a quality to me, like this is this is your life forever, you know, Orwell. Mm-hmm. You know, the future of humanity is is uh, is a boot stomping on a human face forever, mm-hmm. right? That idea that you're in a kind of cycle or vortex, I is how, is how I, uh, you know, yeah. kind of read that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the problem, of course, with that is that unlike in these other cases where the agent of your redemption does not exist. No one's going to save the Madeline Stowe character mm-hmm. in Closet Land. Mm-hmm. No one is going to save Winston Smith, except his own willingness to believe that Big Brother loves you and that two plus two is five. The mm-hmm. only way out is that way, right? We know as the audience that there's an active movement to save him. Yes, which in part undermines our trust in the narrative. Right. Right. right and and you know it can't be yeah, helped so, but right now wasn't there a i'd have to look back at the at the broadcast dates but i believe there was a significant gap between the the airing of these two episodes hold please and and in fact um when oh huge yeah 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 so so this one the first uh intersections, intersections june 16 mm-hmm. 97 darkness october 6 yeah, so that's I mean that's a that's a big you know we watched them back to back, right? I did so. So it 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 felt a little undermined. Yeah, um, but but I would imagine that that as we watched it back in 1997, that 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 felt like an eternity and and intersection was was supposed to be the season four, if if they'd known there was going to be a season five, intersections was the season four finale. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are no scenes in, of anybody else in that episode. So that's we, right. That's right. You know, okay. Yes. That we know that Ivanova and friends are out there, but you know, we haven't seen it that they're, you know, yes. In a show like this, they're going to come for their friend. Uh, they're going to stage some sort of daring rescue operation, but yeah, that amount of time having, Mm-hmm. Uh, having you know five months to kind of just sort of chew on you know Sheridan strapped into a, uh, yet another and another and another chair, mm. right? Yeah, right. In, yeah, in that case, I hadn't I hadn't seen that detail. In 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 this case, that makes this ending all the more sort of despairing. Yeah, right. Like yeah, he's going to be stuck there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But there is still the fact that even though he's captured, there are active forces at work to save him. Yes. That we know about. Mm-hmm. And we're not in that place of existential right. suffering like these other characters who are, uh, you know, who are in a similar kind of place. Yeah. Right. But... And I don't, I clearly, in the, 
in the moment in 1997 must not have watched these as broadcast. I must have seen them, you know, uh, in reruns or something, yeah. Yeah. right? Because, frankly, June 16, 1997, I was, I was three weeks away from moving from Ohio to Texas. I wasn't yeah. watching anything. Right, right, right. And I vividly remember in my first year in Texas watching Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I definitely remember watching season 5 um, in my first year when I lived in Texas. And October 6, 1997, I was, I was in Texas a month and a half, two months. Yeah. You know, um, so interesting. Um, But you're you right, know, you're right. You know, yeah, this, in, in this kind of narrative where you have Sheridan, you know, it's a more heroic narrative than than the other examples, than Closetland, than 1984, uh, where, yes, Sheridan is the big damn hero. And, right. And he has, he has a heroic cast of friends and allies. As you say, they, Winston Smith certainly doesn't have anyone who's going to put their neck on the line. You know, maybe Julia will. Right, right. But, but we already know that's not going to be the case. In fact, the equivalent here would be if Ivanova or Delenn mm-hmm. were interrogating Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Right, because um, uh, uh, Richard, who is the Richard Burton's character? The member uh, of the inner party whose name eludes me? I, I also don't remember. Yeah. But that character was, I mean, if anyone is going to save Winston Smith, it's him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and because he's the interrogator, right? I mean, the only yeah. way to, to ramp up that level of despair. His name is O'Brien. O'Brien. Of Gee course whiz. it is. Of course it is, right. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to see that. Yeah. Um, so but to, yeah, go. You want to switch gears and talk about what's yeah, going let's on talk the about the other side. Talk about the, the friends, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because we've got you know we've got a lot going on. You know, mm-hmm. we've got Ivanova in command. Yep. Um, we've got Garibaldi now freed, mm-hmm. trying to move towards uh, you know a position of reestablishing himself mm-hmm. as a good guy. Yeah. Trying to get some redemption. Yep. Do you think he gets it? Uh, I think to a degree. Yeah. You know, to the, it, it's kind of all too easy when you have a telepath on hand who can just say, oh, yeah, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and then when, um, you know, when it gets projected into the resistance leader's brain... You know, who doesn't trust telepaths, but accepts what this telepath is sending to her as being true and not just fabricated images. Yeah, right, right. Okay, well, and you know, oh, I believe it. You know, it's it's all true. Um, so they they at that point they kind of they're cert- they're, the the doubts they have in him are are eroded. You know, they may still really dislike what he did, but, right? But they've they've turned Garibaldi into the victim here, and so they have a degree of sympathy for him. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's certainly true. 
Yeah. And he gets to go in and do his action hero stuff, you know, all over again and, you know, gets gets stabbed in the back. You know, yeah, again. Like, yeah. Always happens. Right. Something Garibaldi like Garibaldi foo. Being stabbed in the back and then he turns Sheridan in, huh? Hmm. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Love that love that deft touch. Hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I think he does get I think he does get a level of redemption. I mean I mean Sheridan unloads on on one of the guards but, but doesn't then continue to do so to Garibaldi and he doesn't even have the the benefit of of knowing the having the psychic vindication. Correct. Correct. Uh It's a it's a pretty classic uh role playing game gambit to get about, oh, isn't it? It totally felt like any any number of role playing games or it felt like Star Wars. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, good you, stuff. Yeah, you take the guards' uniforms, you bluff your way in. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, you're the you're the we saw you on the news. You're the guy who turned him in. Great, we'll let you in. Right, right. Yeah. yeah um this is uh I I'm never gonna call this kind of thing uh lazy. I just it's no. it's just homage. Right. Absolutely. It has to be like this. Of course. Right. You know, they're not gonna storm the 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 the, the cells, the the barracks with hundred marines and you know take it by force that's not the kind of show that it is that's right that's right yeah 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 so i i quite like that mm-hmm. um and and I, I i like the fact that ivanova leading this fleet is a reminder that the shadows were mm. were right in thinking well you know who who could this be if it isn't sheridan mm-hmm. right this nexus could divulge could devolve to delen or ivanova or to garibaldi mm-hmm. and we're getting with ivanova's leadership all the evidence that that could be true to me mm-hmm. I, I i definitely agree Right. And this is, I mean, it, given, given that we're running out of time mm-hmm. for Claudia Christian and Susan Ivanova, uh, she's really come into her, uh, uh, you know, herself mm-hmm. as a character and as an actress. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, she's never better. Uh, agreed. I mean, the, her, her lengthy proclamation that of the death of any who stand before her uh <laughs> right, is a little wordy right, right. you know it's i can see the captains on the JMS, other ship going right? like like why why do we have this channel still open is she still right. talking <laughs> right right um but but because it's her we'll let her do it you know we'll um cut a large amount of slack um yeah i am death incarnate mm-hmm. keep yeah. going yep just keep talking. Yeah. I don't need anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <clears throat> I quite like that. Yeah. Um, I, the Shadow uh, Tech ships really showing us kind of the the extent. Oh my god! That Clark is going to, and and, and those look those are some pretty sweet looking ships. Right. Yeah. Disturbing. Yeah. Um, super disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 
but uh, you know, kind of a, a you know an indication of what's at stake. Mm-hmm. You know, these this is a person, Clark, mm-hmm. who will not. Uh, will make any bad decision in order to reinforce his own uh, self-aggrandizement or to maintain power. Hmm. It sounds strangely familiar. Uh, I think there's a Mr. Malari that uh, recently learned that same lesson. Right, right. Um, And, you know, he was also a tinkerer with shadowness. Yeah. Right? Um, so we'll, we'll see how this is going to, uh, how this is gonna, gonna play out, right? I'm gonna predict it'll, it went better for Londo than it's gonna go for Clark. Well. Just a prediction. That's a. Yeah. 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 Um, onward to sort of the Sheridan's, Sheridan and his friends, mm-hmm. uh, kind of scenario. We've got that sublime little piece of diplomacy with Londo mm. bringing in the League of Non-Aligned Worlds. Yeah. Talk about a redemption arc. Talk about redemption arc. I'll take redemption yeah. arc for 2,000, Alex. Yeah. Um, of course, the problem with Londo, and we know this, is is he capable of sustaining it? Now, this is the longest that he has sustained such a redemption arc in the past. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jakar is willing to sit in the same room with him and not seethe with boiling rage mm-hmm. is an indication of where these characters are pivoting to. Right. And it's it's pretty fast, considering the last place that we saw them. You were right. Dakar would sign, but not on the same page. Right, right. Uh, so so it, it, maybe because Sheridan having been taken, the stakes are are that much higher, and they know that they have to be have to be working together here but right. yeah all it's going to take is some little some little shiny waved in front of londo for him to to slide back into his old ways that's that's my fear right i'm ever the optimist he's given you no reason to think yeah. otherwise or that anything else will happen right right all, all he's demonstrated hence henceforth is a preternatural ability to not do the right thing mm-hmm Right, an almost superhuman capacity for getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. What, 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 you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show me a lot more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks of, of, you know, being the do-gooder. Okay, that, that's all right. You're not erasing everything that happened, but we know where your natural tendencies lie. Right. Right. And if you're um, going to stay on this path, it's going to take a lot of hard work. And frankly, I haven't seen the ability or the inclination to put in the hard work on the part of Londo. Yeah. But he does Which, pull all these, these non-aligned worlds together, you know, that's... And, and you know, has the whole plan of, of plausible deniability. And, mm-hmm. Right. You can't be here. It can't be about you. Yeah. You can't even be seen to be part of it. That all makes a kind of sense. Yeah. Uh, his I argument expect- is persuasive. 
I half expected it, the whole uh, non-aligned world's fleet to to swoop in at the end and uh, and and pull the white stars bacon out of the fire. Right, right. Um, now, uh, you know, we we had talked about this in the pre-show, and I said, no, let's not do it. But I just want to make make a point Please. for uh, you know for a moment that we don't quite know where this Susan Ivanova. Is she mortally wounded or isn't she sort of arc going to go? Um, but I generally like my main characters in a show that isn't nihilistic. Mm-hmm. To have a more, to have a less arbitrarily constructed mm-hmm. arc. Mm-hmm. Um, if she is killed by this piece of space debris essentially Mm. that will feel like you know dropping a castle on someone maybe or you know yeah you know or you know or 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 right right you know and i can i can definitely see that and and in a show like maybe galactica or something right where where you get you you might get a main character who is who's who would be taken out you know we've had the big battle we've made it through the battle and now in the in the chaos afterwards it's a sheer happenstance right you know kind of takes out one of your main main folks um it, it would seem more fitting in something like that you know this is it's the kind of thing that drives home the whole war is hell and you're never safe right uh, as opposed to going out with the big heroic death, you know, the Boromir end right, kind right. of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was, you know, I, I've always kind of been a fan of the 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 little, ac- <laughs> it sounds horrible, a fan of the little accidental death uh, that <laughs> that really is, is just shows the capriciousness of the universe. Um, did, did you ever read, I don't think you did, the, the Catherine Kurtz Durini I have not back in the day. No, yeah, no. I was I was a huge fan of them in in junior high and high school, and there is a uh, one of the main characters in that. Um, you know, it's the I believe it's the second trilogy of that series, which has last count I believe eighteen to, or twenty five trilogies. It's just you know, yeah, huge, she's very prolific. Yeah, sprawling, um, and uh, and a lot of which was I believe lifted by George R. R. Martin. But that's another discussion entirely. Uh, but anyway, end of this this book that you know they've gone through these battles, they've gone through all of this this terrible stuff, and one of the main characters, uh, you know, his horse stumbles, he falls off and hits his head on a rock and dies. Ugh. And and it's just and they make this big this big deal about you know you know just how unfair that that it is you know forty years to make a man and and this is the end that he gets. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's of course he's one of the most noble and kind and gentle of, of characters and it's just like naturally it's just oh it was you know I just remember it I remember being just devastated by it when I when I first read that series right I would have found that unjust and I would have been infuriated by it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the deaths that come to mind of sort of noble or heroic characters uh, from being a you know kind of a young person um captain avatar mm-hmm. right who spends virtually the whole of 
the Argo's journey to Iskandar and back dying. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I found that incredibly moving. Yeah. Right. Um, it's yeah, more of a sacrifice than a than a just arbitrary yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah. But that seems more more appropriate given what we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the deaths at the end of Space Above and Beyond. We right. haven't mentioned that for five or six episodes. Right. So I feel we're we're due. Yeah, a, a, a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, travelers. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It still hurts. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Carol but Trace? that's contemporary, right? Well, when did she die? Well, okay. If she did, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, um, the sort of going down, her ship going down in the, uh, in the toxic atmosphere you know, when, when they thought she was dead and then... But yeah, I contend that that character died in season one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. That that she that that the Carathrace that could pilot that Cylon uh, Raider mm-hmm. was in some way already doing the religious resurrection kind of jam. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I, I don't thought, think anyone else believes me on that, but no. you know that that's my that's my take. Sure, on. sure. Um, I I don't know, man. I think that with these two, what we're getting is a real attempt to wrap up a show with mm-hmm. integrity. Had it mm-hmm. ended in season four, I think our perspective is this is a nice way to spend time. When you have only two or three episodes left to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's quite well done. I agree. I, you know, I thought these were, these were two outstanding episodes. You know, uh, one, one really excellent story. Very, you know, I, you know and I, I groused about the first hat, the, the first one, yes, and how I'd prefer it to be X, Y, and Z. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't really complain. I don't honestly complain about it. I'm always going to grouse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, it's, you know, it's our, it's our job to look at, to, to look at the full spectrum of the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're going to do a media podcast, then, right. then do it. Right. Yeah. Don't just, you know, don't, don't slag it all the time, you know, unless you're going to, you know, revive altdarkbarney.tv.hate.hate.hate. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, have a thesis and 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 talk about your thesis ultimately, yeah. which and, is what I hope we're doing. Right, and the thesis yeah. is that this this show really inspired almost everything that came afterwards, and and I I think it certainly did. I, yeah, I definitely think that it it both took in took inspiration from some of the better things that came before it, and, right, and you know, kind of put them through a prism, put them through a funnel, and. Uh, and and beamed them off to you know to the the TV that we've got today that's that's so much right. better than you know what we're getting in the early 90s right right so that's what it brings us to the end of these two mm-hmm. we have at least two more to go in this season endgame and rising star now uh, Chris and I we have put up on the Facebook group and we want your feedback on 
what we should do about the deconstruction of falling stars. We're going around and around behind the scenes on whether we should be saving that show as the proper series finale to Babylon 5, or whether we should keep it in season four where it was broadcast and put it, you know, before we get to season five. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my perspective is leaning more towards delay. Um, But I'd be interested to hear if the Facebook group has some, uh, some perspective on this that might move the needle for me in some way or help Mm -hmm. us come to a, to a conclusion, you know? Yeah. And, and you posted on the Facebook group just today as we are recording uh, this, this very question. So if you, you know, if you go out there folks and you look, it's probably right underneath whatever the pinned, you might have to go like a couple of episodes down, but we don't spam a lot of stuff out there. So that's right. Yeah. Look for it. And we, we definitely want your, want your opinions because honestly, uh, the sort of person that will listen to you know eighty seven episodes of a Babylon Five podcast is is probably the person who's watched the entirety of the series multiple multiple times and right. probably has opinions about this kind of thing. Um, you know, we've never I said would think so. we've never we've never claimed to be super fans uh, of the show. And my memory of of uh, deconstruction of falling stars is very spotty. Would be a generous term. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know your takes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll be back, uh, you know, next time mm-hmm. with Endgame. All right. I wonder what's going to happen, Mr. Stark. <laughs> I, I don't feel so well, Captain Sheridan. Yeah, exactly. All right, folks, until next time. Right. Bye. Cheers. Bye.